Hey everybody, it's Michelle from Studio City Now, and that's Jeremy Evanstein with my new intro. How cool is that? Hi, Jeremy. Hi. I want my royalties. Just make sure of that. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, that's wonderful. Musicians Union, AFM 47. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. So I know we did a prior um, podcast. <laughs> podcast penny and or linus etc they want to be in on this penny has a hedgehog toy uh-huh and in the middle of the night i'll hear this squawking <laughs> but anyway i'm so glad you said you'd do a second one i'm honored and, that, uh, you, that you allowed me to uh, make it happen too thank you and what people don't know is we've since become friends, which is a good thing. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's great. What I do miss is walking around your neighborhood, but because of lockdown, we're all supposed to stay home. Yeah. But, you know, that'll be over soon. On the upside... True, true, yeah. I wanted to catch up. I know you're doing acting. You're taking acting lessons. Oh, yes, yes. And... uh I have done so before before in my life. It had been some time since I was actually taking class for it, but I finally got into another one. And I feel that it's been really helping me to do better, like get rid of some bad habits that I have, even though mean to state in a humble way that I am a good actor, or at least I am a professional. Whether or not it comes out well, that's for the... Uh, viewers and the listeners to decide for themselves. Well, I'm sure you are an excellent actor. Thank you. You do, I something... <laughs> <laughs> you do something I have issues with, which is remembering lines. Oh, but... oh thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what have we seen you in? Uh, let's see. Uh, old Navy jeans, uh, some uh, maroon jogging jacket. Well, okay. I had to. I don't know. I'm, I'm, Maybe I'm using humor as a bit of a defense mechanism today, Michelle, but okay, you know, I'll get a little more serious. Well, I have been in a bunch of productions, a combination of stage and big, small screen, but, and small, small and big stage actually. But uh, yeah, there were some independent things and maybe under the radar, but maybe they did get above the radar. Most recently mm -hmm. I was in a, Fun, fun gig of a commercial. And uh, it was for the new iPad from, oh, this is embarrassing. I've forgotten exactly what company, but connected to Sony and or Panasonic, like a, a, a extension like of the family tree that has spun off of either of those or both. My director, Doug, Mm -hmm. He had, he was doing this for the first time after having done, I believe, straight through music videos. He had only done music videos up to this point, made them. And uh, one of those music videos, or maybe it was a commercial by this time already, was with a famous, famous singer-songwriter, Dee Snyder. I'm assuming oh. that you and your listeners know exactly who he is. Twisted Sister. Yes, he, he is the front man of that fun group. And a little side note here, we don't have to get into this now, if at all, but 
this is a good way to set it up as a segue later. He made a guest appearance as himself most recently in episode five or six of the current season, third season of perhaps my favorite show at the moment. Cobra Kai. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Yes. And that was cool. Well, this will make you laugh. I did a music video about two years ago with um, Uh Jason Derulo. Wait, I I know that name. Nicest guy ever. I had no clue who he was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can, you know, I I admit I'm having a little uh, amnesia. Are you still there? I, would I leave you? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, not on purpose. I mean, I want to make sure I didn't disconnect. The fans are probably screaming at me. Your fans, you know, listen to you. They're probably screaming at me right now. How could you not know Jason Derulo? Blah, 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 blah. But to try and make up for it, I am looking him up right now so that you don't need to explain him to me. Okay. Yeah, he's he's kind of a rapper, but he's like... Oh. He's... What really impressed me, because I only got to say hi to him, very nice, very down to earth. He, um, I was in, yeah, I was in a dance scene. Oh, we were so there. you weren't, you weren't like filming, you weren't part of the film crew this time. You were. Yeah, I was a trained dancer who is the biggest klutz in the world, but. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> one day well, I'll I tell you about the chair. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what? One day I'll tell you about the chair. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. Well, if your listeners don't know, I won't press you for it now. You're the one who's supposed to be pressing me just to be safe. But yeah, I've looked up him on uh, Wikipedia. Let's, uh, yeah, R&B, pop, hip hop, singer, songwriter, dancer, they say. They don't call him a rapper here, which is odd. But okay, maybe he's not a rapper. But uh, yeah, what you say, wiggle, talk dirty, in my head. He's worked with other singers like J.R. Rodham or Rodham. Mm-hmm. Mims, uh, Pitbull, the famous rapper, and Jordan Sparks, a singer who won uh, American Idol. Yeah, and he can actually sing, because I don't consider rapping singing. Well, no, right? I I agree. Rapping is not singing, but it is a valid art form that does take proper vocal stamina and uh, physical alignment. Well, actually. I can tell you this, there, the famous actor Daniel Radcliffe, who uh, I think of first, of course, as Harry Potter, because that was his big uh, worldwide break. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw a clip of him on one of the talk shows, and he's a big fan of rap, and he can rap. He was invited during his interview to perform a cover of the Black Alicious alphabet rap. But, you know, rap. Oh, wow. And uh, he did really, really well. And it was incredible. This is a classically trained young actor. But when you break it down, it's not that much of a stretch, though it's still incredibly brilliant. I mean, it's yeah. rapping is a, a, a melodic form of speaking. And actors need to speak well, well enough. And mm-hmm. with the use of, I forgot, I forgot if it's the diaphragm or if that's really like, uh, not legit after all, but proper vocal stamina. Yeah. Where, you know, how, where you're looking at and the microphone if need be. And I read later that when he did this, he proved he did this so well, whereas most official legit rappers, other than Black Alicious himself, don't manage to get through it without losing, losing the melody. They trip on their words. And these are some 
these are some boss-like DJs and rappers and uh, whatnot. But then there's young Daniel Radcliffe, a, a proper English actor who uh, <laughs> just killed it. He nailed it. So I thought, oh, that's awesome. Well, rap is actually, it's like an offshoot of scat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scatting, which is yeah. vocal riffing, a subity doobity doobity doo, right? Right. Right, right. Oh, that's great. Stuff. See, I can't do that. Wait. Big and jazz. <laughs> Wait, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Scoobity doo. Well, well, you had you had that brief instant of it. Scoobity doobity doobity doo. Hey, you got it. You got it. I. This is a hard thing for me, but my suggestion, and I work to take that this advice not just for this sort of thing, but life in general. Start slow, at least. Practice slowly. Well, I, I got to tell you, both my dogs are looking at me as if I've grown a third eye. Because you tried <laughs> to scat? Yeah, going scooby-doo-doo. <laughs> oh, well, if you're feeling mean about it, maybe you should ask them, what are you looking at? And tell them, scat! That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I am surrounded. I'm in my studio. I'm surrounded with squeaky stuffed animals and two fuzzy dogs. Oh, oh. That tugs at my heart. <laughs> and I know you have a dog too. Yes, yes. A little little Roxy with big bark and sometimes very constant bark. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's a lovable so, pup. Oh yeah, I've met Roxy. Great little pup. Yes, that's right. You have. Yeah, we she's a outdoor dog, which helps now more than ever, of course, uh, for us humans. But yeah, no, I'm glad you're able to meet her. And mom and dad. Of course. What, Mel and Gail? Yeah, bingo. There you go. See, I remembered, I might, yes. I might remember lines better than you, according to what you say, quicker. But you seem to remember names quicker than me. So it's a trade-off. True. I have to ask two or three times and then it's set. Oh, okay. Because I, I meet a lot of people every day. But, um, yeah, your parents are great. Thank you. Nicest people ever. Thank you. Well, I, I humbly agree. They are amazing. And they've been more amazing to me than I think should be necessary. But I don't want to get into that today. I just wanted to make that point there. Yeah, just shout out to your parents. Yes. So um, anyway, this started with you were in this commercial with D. Snyder. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, no, I, 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 that was not the same commercial. That would have been oh. potentially very cool. But uh, no, no, I was working with the same director who had uh, had D working with him uh, in in another commercial or music video. But I have yet to see him live or let alone meet him. But that might be cool. I, I enjoy good '80s rock and metal and some twisted sister. I was in this commercial for the new iPad. It's it's out there now and hopefully still making the rounds and it's still in. Uh, you can see me as the one who's using the old iPad and why it's not a good idea because I get the sun reflection in my eyes trying to take a picture of this water unit or something like that. And then, of course, the sprinklers turn on and I fall over, rolling around. And, ah! and then, of course, the strapping guy, the suave, smooth uh, guy who's like in the same work as me in the, in the story, just very proudly, calmly walks up, takes a picture, turns around and walks away, and he doesn't even help me. Oh, wow. Hey, but you were in the commercial. That's true, yeah. And they say you got to get your feet wet in this business. Well, my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was so much 
fun. Well, I have a story about that, which is so funny. Do tell, please, do tell. When you said feet wet, mm -hmm. there are some, you know, very strict laws about animals in movies and commercials. As there should be, yeah. And also children. Yeah. But the laws are stricter for animals. Oh, I think and on the... Yeah. And I, I heard this secondhand. I wasn't there. So this had to be the late 50s, early 60s. Mm. Uh, during the Lassie show, I guess Timmy and Lassie fell in some water, not in the well. Oh, right, no, this, <laughs> right, right. But this is something that happened for real, not part of the, the filming. Well, it was part of the filming, but part of it was they fell in water in a creek. Oh, right. Okay. Of course, of course. So the crew had to get the dog out of the water and they left Timmy. What? Because of the laws. <laughs> okay, but they don't have to take that so literally uh, after the fact. Yeah, so they, they forget forget uh, Timmy or whatever. I forgot what his real name is, but uh, I forgot. Oh, John Provost. What? John Provost. John Provost. Okay, that name does ring a bell. Like maybe I'd heard that name after the fact. Uh, I know who. It's Timmy, right? But that's great. Right. Yeah. The laws have been... Um, amended to protect child actors more, uh, more so. And I have a friend who's really been very instrumental in doing that. Oh, good. Shout oh. out to Paul Peterson. Oh, yes. So, oh, yeah. But let's go back to you. Um, so you're a big Cobra Kai fan. I, I may be one of the biggest, most psychotic ones, but I haven't stalked any of the cast yet. No, I've never seen it because I don't get Netflix. Oh, okay. That's... That's cool. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the point in a second, but I just had an idea. Uh, mm -hmm. When we start meeting up again in person, at least as we were before during this uh, Meshuggah time, okay? Meshuggah, <laughs> a little lighthearted way to, to say it, you know, but still true. Like Stanad in Italian. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you. You, you. I'll need you later, later to... Uh, Explain that to me more, but we'll we'll do that off the air, and maybe you can talk about it another time. Of course, on the show. But because I have Netflix, which I can get not only on a desktop or a laptop, but on my phone as well. If you're ever interested in seeing whatever something that's on Netflix, I'd be happy during one of our visits to queue it up for you. You could use my phone to watch it. How about that? Sounds like a plan. Good, good. Yeah, and I. Yeah. You know, I hate to say this, I don't even know the premise of Cobra Kai, except I'm guessing it's martial arts. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, it is. And in particular, it is a Karate Kid series. It's the same universe as those original movies, at least the the best known three. Uh, there was one mm -hmm. there was one more Karate Kid film in 1994 called The Next Karate Kid, meaning uh, this time it was not the original character, Daniel LaRusso. It was uh, Julie Pierce played by Hilary Swank very early in her career. She, oh, she wow, was yeah. the next karate kid. But Mr. Miyagi was back, played by Pat Morita, of course. So he was the only character and cast member from the first three movies that was brought back for this one. But uh, I mean, if you're going to bring one, He's one of the few that I would think definitely got to bring back because he now it's his job to teach her like he taught Daniel. Generally speaking, I think it's for those who know about that movie, 
they realized that it was the one that did least well in those series. Some people are saying, let's forget it exists. I think that's a bit harsh, but there's not much I don't like. So, <laughs> but anyway, this show, it picks up, well, as far as the first season goes, it picks up 34 years after the first movie. First movie. Well, you know, we find out more about the original bully, Johnny Lawrence, who was the top student in the Cobra Kai dojo. That's the fictional dojo, uh, which is now the title of the, the series. The one, the, he's the guy who is victimizing Daniel, and which is why ultimately he has to learn karate. And he comes upon the maintenance man of the apartment building he and his mother just moved into. They've come to LA, you know, and it's Mr. Miyagi. And so they get together, they become friends. And that was, the rest is history. Well, 34 years later, we pick up, and at first we're more focused on Johnny, who was played by the original actor, William Zabka. Well, I'm wishful thinking, but that's cool. <laughs> you get to learn to like him at school. He's, he's a pretty good actor. He's a better actor than he's probably been allowed to demonstrate him and Ralph Macchio. But now they've got one of their original things as a series, so that the gift that keeps on giving. But um, yeah, so we're starting to see that maybe he's not actually as bad a bully as he was, at least until the end of the movie when he becomes, congratulates Daniel, but he's not doing as well as he had hoped to do. He was saying originally in the first movie, I've got one year to make it all work after I graduate high school. Well, he's still trying desperately to make it all work. And he's on the verge of alcoholism and he's just getting by painting, you know, putting up devices in homes, laying stucco, working home utilities and appliances. He's a serviceman. But he ends up going to the aid of a, another young teenager who's being bullied because he Johnny goes and get, goes all karate on them and beats them up. And mm -hmm. uh, anyway, it goes on from there. Johnny's life starts to, instead of just staying down, it starts to go up. And then there's some up, down, up, down. And by the way, Ralph Macchio is back as Daniel LaRusso, who is doing very well. He's got his own auto dealership. While, while on one side we see that Johnny... Well, he's not politically correct, and there's some things about him that are, but he's an all-around actually pretty good guy. In fact, he may be a great guy, and now it's finally coming out because he's helping this one kid and then ultimately other students in because he's reopened Cobra Kai. And when Daniel sees this, he is not pleased at all, but he's misunderstanding certain things and judging, albeit on a traumatic past that you know now it seems like we still love daniel but he's the bully kind of now he's he's the one who's stalking kind of stalking and harassing johnny not beating him up but you know harassing him verbally trying to keep him you know he's trying to be the obstacle to johnny and you're thinking like well daniel we love you but butt out you know no wonder you get beat up by everybody because you're being uh, you're being obnoxious and, and you're, you're harassing people. Stop it, you know. But of course, you know, I guess the point of this show and, and in turn, just like pretty much the, the original movies is that there is good and bad in everyone. It's a cliche at this point, but that doesn't make it any less true. You, you can see the good and yeah. the bad of both sides and how 
a misunderstanding even of a, an inch can cause a major ripple effect between not only these two original guys, but the new people, you know, there's a lot of teenagers, I guess, in, in at least part of the way, whether one admits it or not, it's like kind of another 90210 or Stranger Things, which it's kind of in some ways very much a teen show. But there's a lot of old, like full adult uh, storyline going on. And finally, the third season came out. Oh, with everything that's going on now, people like me need Cobra Kai right now. And uh, understandable because of COVID, there were delays. I mean, season three had already been filmed, but it had to be edited and COVID slowed that way down. But finally, it came out. It came out on the first. Nice way to start the new year for people who enjoy that kind of entertainment. Yeah, I, I admit, because I'm not a, a true binger, I've only seen five or mm-hmm. six of the ten episodes. They, they, they all come out all at the same time. That's the deal with Netflix. Oh, okay. That I double-edged know. sword, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's cool. But because I'm not a binge watcher, but I get very enthusiastic to do things sometimes a little sooner than later. So instead of only having seen one episode at a time, I've seen the first, I think, six and of course, the story has its yes and no moments. And being <laughs> the very emotional person I found I am, which is which has been boosted mm-hmm. more because you know realized more because of COVID with me. I'm a, I'm a very emotional guy. Even a scripted vehicle would have me reacting fair, fairly big. I haven't broken. I haven't punched holes in walls. No, I haven't. I haven't like smashed anything. No, I haven't even screamed much. I just go like, yeah, ah, uh, ah, uh, no. You know, it's like, come on. But uh, I love this show for that. The the struggle to make something work, to get to the highest level of inner and outer success, as well as seeing mm-hmm. humanity and imperfections in people, misunderstandings and cheering for... The underdog, which you may see more in one person than the other, but it's there. People go yeah. through ups and downs and also holding out hope that things will turn out as they should in the end. And there you go. Cool. Well, you know, I can't wait to catch it because um, I actually am going to subscribe to Netflix. Well, okay. But if you don't do it soon enough for yourself, I'll be happy to uh, be your, your spotter or your floater for it, like I said before. But yeah, yeah. Get get in the net and see the flicks. Yeah, you know, once we can start walking yeah. again, that'll be great. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it'd be a beautiful thing, which I never didn't feel. But of course, now I realize more than ever, it's it, that is like the pot of gold that we need to get to at the end of the rainbow. Hey, hey, Ooh, puppy, you know what, my dog. dog. Oh, whenever my neighbors walk by, it's like, oh, I'm protecting yeah. the house. <laughs> well, yeah, they're good guard dogs, I'm sure. Hey, yeah, dogs. Cobras, eagles, uh, what are they, uh, I, I don't know, uh, bats, whatever kind of guard animals. How about it? Right. Well, the studio is supposed to be soundproof, but I refuse to glue that foam on the wall because you'll never oh, get it off. And you don't want to miss hearing anything important. So well, I'm more, I'm more concerned that these guys don't bother people, but they're very protective, as I know Roxy oh, yes. is. Oh, yes. Well, that, that's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's just too bad it has to be so high-pitched. Although the floors in our apartment 
are not carpeted or, or muffled either, so that adds to it. But, well, it is what it is, but Roxy, like just like Penny and Linus, are doing lovely sentiments. So yeah. True. So anyway, back to what's going on. Have you been doing any writing since lockdown? Oh, God, yes. I am. I have a work in progress. It needs a lot more progress to make full sense and to come together as one, but I am writing my very second stage musical. Ah, which is called? Uh, Yes, well, for the moment, I'll call it a working title. Viral Wrath. Yes. Wrath? Okay. Yeah, Viral Wrath. Okay, and I'm going to assume or guess it's probably about what you're going through with quarantine and lockdown? Yes, but it's not just that straightforward with the with a classic form of artistic license this is something that i'm in good company with i am i am uh, taking this to the level of uh, reality meets fantasy the the basis the foundation of my story is uh right out of this our 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 reality our lives right now but it, it ultimately becomes mm-hmm. a, a sort of a, a sort of sci-fi fantasy style. Now, I, I won't, I'm not going to say too much about it because it is still a work in progress. And the only part of it that I have registered with the Writers Guild is the treatment. But I'll give you the treatment right now. I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. I guess, you know, I'll say it in present tense, though I wrote it in past tense, of course. But by the way, the first one I wrote, Pain in My Asperger's, with the help of my director and producer, that is a one-person show. And if possible, I am looking to make this show a ensemble show instead. I enjoy, Mm -hmm. I found that I can enjoy, I do enjoy doing solo plays, musicals, but I also want to show myself working with other actual people. Although my producer, who's an actress and writer as well, her specialty is only solo stage shows, but maybe... Maybe we can make a compromise. Maybe there will be a few of us actors playing more than one role. But anyway, story goes like this, the way I've written it. All I wanted to do, I play myself. I want to play myself in it, or a version of myself. All I want to do is to go about my life, albeit in a somewhat disconnected way, you know, just sort of get on with it, get on with it, which is, which is not a good thing because, you know, not stopping to embrace my own feelings, let alone others, really. But all of a sudden, there's a pandemic. Lockdown hits. And I meet the pandemic herself in person because I've written that the corona virus, corona is her name. She is an evil sorceress. You know, she's, she's not human. She's another being. Mm-hmm. And as, as, as it seems, very evil, sadistic, classic sort of fantasy sci-fi villainess. And she's here to take away our freedom to be doing the things that have actually happened in real life, right? Like you think of COVID-19, mm-hmm. well, that's how it's depicted here, but as a, a, female, a female being. Kind of like, uh, well, no, I'm not going to say how, but I have my inspirations. So, well, me and Corona, we don't get along very well. And I'm not going to take this lying down. So me, my friends, and maybe family... And uh, another character, who I'll explain another time, we're, we all mm-hmm. sort of get, we get together, albeit with social distance, uh, at least some of the time. 
in the show. And we're, so we're looking to basically defeat Lady Corona with philosophy, discussion, and a little bit of offense, something like that. Because basically we're going into battle against this witch. And the question is, which one, which side is going to win, her or us? Is it that simple, though, really? So there you go. And it is a musical. I've written new songs. New songs started coming out of me inspired by this this trying way of life that we've had to live since ultimately last March. So songs come out and then I started thinking to myself, imagine if it were like this and that, wait a minute, I could make a story out of this. In fact, I'm writing songs I could make a musical out of this. So it's looking to make it a contemporary pop musical, which means it could be rock style, there could be reggae, Motown style. I'm trying to put all of that into the individual songs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can't wait till it comes out. That's going to be a while. And I'm hoping by the time I'm ready to to release it, to play it, I'm hoping by that time Mm -hmm. that our real lives are not are not that show happening in real life. I'm hoping that by that time, the real coronavirus is under control or better yet, just gone. But we've had to adjust. So I'm uh, thinking in those ways too. But of course, I'm hoping not. And well, in real life, the vaccine has started to go around. I know that, I don't know, maybe half of society is against it, fine. But uh, for those who want it, are going to take it, which I'm almost certain... I'm Mm -hmm. one of them, but I respect everybody's decisions, whether it's yes, no, or maybe so. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. my my thought on it is it's just too new, and I want to see some long-term effects, but that's just me. To a point, actually, I think the same way as you. I respect your decision uh, at any rate. As it were, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm at least kind of matching your thought process, and that's already, I think, come into play because there have been people who have been getting it, the essential workers at least, and residents of senior citizen homes, like retirement homes. Yeah. We can watch and track them in a, in a matter of speaking. And if that's good enough for certain people to watch and say, then watch them and at the end of the result or whatever, see if each person says, okay, yes, or okay, no. Like, I'll, I'll do it too. No, I won't do it. You know, take it. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a oh, yeah, personal yeah. decision. But um, on to other things, because that starts oh, yeah. to get and, too and political. Right. I, mean, we, I tend to get stuck on things and go into details sometimes, part of my charm. But no, we, we, it, we don't want to talk about <laughs> that all the time, even though it's our life at the moment, uh, but not, our, not everything about our lives, really, even now. So, yeah, other, wh- what's the next subject you'd like to cover? Well... I'm going to start wrapping this up, but I know we're going to do it episode three because I'm going to want you to uh, do some original songs if you're comfortable in episode three. Um, Yeah. But uh, what are your plans for the near future? To uh, get my new musical going, to improve my abilities more. I'm working on extending my vocal range higher and maybe also lower Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not looking to go higher than is possible for me, but Ken Tamplin, who is a rock singer, songwriter, and also a re- renowned for that and vocal coaching, I've checked some of his sample lessons that he's put on YouTube. He is a, a high baritone, though a high, yeah, I mean, he's a baritone, though a high baritone, 
but you wouldn't expect him to sing in the range of people like, well, Dee Snyder, and, and, he, and he sings in that range. Mm -hmm. A baritone. And so, yeah. Wow. So I'm thinking, oh, well, even if I couldn't do that, it wouldn't be the worst thing, but I enjoy both baritones and tenors and anything in the middle or whatever. So if I can sing like closer to those keys that those singers are in, as well as people like Elvis and Neil Diamond and their lower ones, of course I'd like to. So I'm working on that. I'll tell uh, you, people like Pat Benatar, oh, who, yeah. you know, has always been a hard rocker. Oh, that's She right. studied opera, which is how she got her range. And oh, I think well, Lady Gaga, she too. She sound like pop, rock, and uh, operatic or classical singing, too. And she was also a classically trained pianist, which is great. But yeah, her and Pat Benatar, Pat Benatar sounds like straight ahead rock. But I remember learning on her behind the music episode that she did that and it helped her. But it's a good thing that the, she found her true voice and style after the fact. Because uh, it might have been a bit of a waste if she didn't. But yeah, mm -hmm. Pat, love is a battlefield. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Oh, the promises yeah, in the dark, her yeah. Daughter was starting to do stuff as a singer-dancer. Like, she would be not her warm-up act, but her, like, floater act in between act one and two of her concert. Like, that's what I thought I heard. But I know it's tough to, to, it's tough to emerge from a parent's shadow when a parent is famous. But may, I hope her daughter is doing fine, too. Oh, yeah. Haley Ooh. Gerardo. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Haley Gerardo. Like, for Neil, Neil. For Geraldo. Well, what's kind of interesting, I have a good friend or a good acquaintance. And, um, you know, I'm just so clueless on who does what. Turns out he wrote, now I can't remember the song. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, right, we Belong. Sang. Right. Mm hmm. The song that changed his life. That's a song that changed oh, my friend's how life. So, if, if we have time on this podcast, you could tell me. Great. Oh, I'll tell you right now. That song is the number one song requested for karaoke. You know, it, uh, Pat Benatar made it famous. And, um, oh, I'm trying to think. I've, I've heard oh, it in Pepsi commercials. Yeah, you know, we belong to the light. We belong to the thunder. Yeah. Pepsi commercials with that song in it. I guess I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, I guess that's the answer to the new generation. Well, they don't use that slogan though anymore, do they? <laughs> I don't think so, but that's oh, a shout out to Dan Navarro. <laughs> Dan Navarro from Lowen and Navarro wrote that what, the, in like, the, the 80s. Thing? The answer to... Oh, right. No, 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 right. No, we belong. Oh, right. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll wrap up and um, I'm looking forward Me to too. episode Thank three. You which we'll do in a couple weeks. Thank you so much thank, for taking the time you, to catch friend. up. I, I'm glad we actually met through Facebook and that's not, that's usually not something that really happens, at least not in person, but you're one of the few people who from there I've met in person and you're, you're real, you're legit. And it's through Facebook and during a pandemic, go us. How about it? Right. Yeah. It started with me asking you to do a uh, right. podcast oh, and we became friends. I was, Thank you for the reminder, but that's cool. The point is we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. And once this is over and, you know, I feel yes. safer 
being around people because I, I basically oh, I stay home. Yeah. I mean, I've been out on my walks and shopping sometimes myself, sometimes mm -hmm. with my mother. And I've been in a few stores, always with my mask on, but I keep the social distance. I mean, there are a couple of people who I've gotten, you know, we've hugged or, or whatnot, but that's because there's a school of thought saying that as long as you're all, all around most of the time do, following these rules, then you and that other person or a group of people you're with in a circle are safe to do that at least sometimes. Maybe, maybe not everyone agrees with that, but I, my point is I am not looking to harm anyone else, let alone myself. So I'm not just blindly, I'm not blindly disobeying rules. Me neither. I've had four friends that have had this. Oh, yeah. One who was actually hospitalized. You know, I'm very careful. Um, I was a nurse at one time, so I know the cleanliness yes. protocols, oh, which yeah, is a good you, thing. Yeah, you know extra because of being a nurse. Yeah. Right, and also I'm OCD about <laughs> keeping things clean. Yes, exactly. me and monk. Maybe that way at first, but maybe it's selective OCD through your training, which may be a healthier form of that, quote unquote. So that's a good thing. Yeah, but uh, the social distancing, I actually like that because I can remember like being in the market, and then the person in back of you is practically right oh, on top yeah, of you while you're trying your to neck, credit card information. When it gets crammed. Yeah, that's not fun at any rate. Yeah, or. On one occasion, I remember paying my Sprint bill, and it was through a machine, and the guy in back of me was literally two feet away. And I turned around, and I said, "Yeah, I'm doing this. He goes, yeah, oh, I'm waiting for you okay, to be done. On, I said, wait, go away. Sorry, I, I said a oh, oh, good. Okay. It's okay. I can bleep it out. <laughs> Just call me Renee Russo. She, she had a habit of doing that on a talk show or something. Like really <laughs> Always fun talking to you. And we will talk soon, well, and likewise. you have a wonderful Sunday. Sunday okay, my friend. Thank you, Michelle. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Have a wonderful Bye -bye. day.